like baseball? How about fantasy baseball? Then you're going to absolutely love this chat between Dave, Sasha, and Ross that we've got coming up for you right now. Right after this brief musical interlude, that is. Fifty rounds. Yeah, fifty rounds. Is this is this practice or is this the kind the of league? So um, this is what's called a draft championship. Um, it's uh, it's something that the NFBC offers, and mm. so NFBC are the folks who put on uh, a lot of the big fantasy tournaments. Mm. So. Um, the way this works is it's a 15 team league. Mm. You draft 50 rounds and then there's no pickups or drops. There's no ads, no drops, nothing all season long. You just, mm. you have what you drafted. How many so teams are involved? 15. Oh, you mean overall? Yeah. So the overall is like you win like $30,000. Yeah. If you are best overall and, um, Got it. I think there's like three, three thousand teams or fifteen hundred teams or something. But um, if you win your league, you still get a couple thousand dollars. Um, so um, that's kind of what I'm going for. I'm not thinking I can win the overall. But the other reason I'm playing this is just um, really, like you said, for the familiarity. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to. I want to do a 50 round draft before we do all of our drafts next week. Um, so that I'll have like a more kind of uh, quick um, familiarity with like the deep, deeper player pool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I have, I have our draft on, what is it? The sixth. Yeah. And I have a draft with Mark Goldberg on the night before on the fifth which is our keeper league. So I really want to um, practice up for the keeper league. Now with the keeper league, which players are, are have you kept from last year? Um, well, that's funny. You should say, um, let me tell you. Um, so this, this keeper league is put on by my coworker, my former coworker, Andrew, yeah. who has been a bit of a fantasy guru to me over the years. And I, I think he, you know, he had a spot come available in his keeper league. Somebody dropped out. Right. And he decided that I was now worthy of joining his league. <laughs> so <laughs> after, you know, after doing fantasy a few years, I finally kind of gotten to this level. So yeah. um, our keepers were Real Muto, Jonathan India, who I traded for, Kellenic, Stanton, Fernando Tatis, who is going to miss three months. And then on the pitching side, Sandy Alcantara, Ian Anderson, Giovanni Gallegos, Zach Gallen, and Kenley Jansen. Mm. So you can only keep 10 in this league. So um, it's, it's not like a true dynasty league where you can just keep your whole roster if you can afford it. Like, and also there's no salary. Like yeah, some, salary. some keeper leagues and, and the dynasty have like, contracts and salary and you can keep someone but then you have to kind of re-up them and at their market rate so like there's no like uh salary cap or anything with this particular league it's fairly rudimentary can you uh draft minor leaguers onto the team you can but you have to you have to um have enough players to to uh to fulfill a major league, you know, lineup. So you can't have, you can't have anyone in your lineup who's not actually playing, but I suppose your entire bench could be minor leaguers if you wanted to sort of punt on this season and, and focus on like next season. Um, our minor leaguer this year is Jack Leiter. We're currently holding Jack Leiter, who was just drafted by the Rangers in like this year's draft. So he's not going to see the majors for at least a year or two. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, I guess we'll wait. Funny you mentioned that because that's one of the reasons why we, uh, we got, um, what's his name? Um, in last year's draft. 
who's we? Uh, the Red Sox. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, hey, hey brother. Hey, guy. What's up, there? What's up, dude? Wow, we're all, we're all here. Hey, Sash, how you doing, man? So we Happy were just talking, um, we were just talking dynasty leagues um, and the, the varying um, types of keeper leagues and dynasty leagues. Um, I'm playing in a uh, keeper league with Mark Goldberg this season. And I fear that I've really thrown him in on the deep end, just saying like, um, you know, you're going to play in this league with me and you're going to have to not only know the major leaguers, but you're going to have to know some minor leaguers as well. So I've kind of I've thrown him in on a degree of difficulty is high for this league. Mm-hmm. And the league I've asked you two to join with me is also a little bit complicated because the stack categories are a little weird. So just to re, just to um, refresh your memories, um, it's a five, it's a ten category head-to-head league, where we are swapping out quality starts in place of wins. We're swapping out OBP instead of batting average. And what was the third one? Uh, oh, slugging percentage instead of home runs. Right. So there's not even a home runs category. It's purely slugging percentage. Right. So that's kind of wild. Now, Dave, you and I played in an OBP league last year, um, a roto league, not head to head. So you should be more and a saves plus holds league. So you should be somewhat familiar with these kind of alternate scoring uh, type of leagues. I should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> You know, I mean, it was fun. I had fun, but I, I don't think that I, I was really at the switch. You know, like I wasn't. I, I watched what you did, but until you get in there and you know fuck some shit up a little bit, you know, it's it's all very theoretical. Um, you know, until you're in last place and can't figure out why and got to get yourself out of last place. I mean, that's that's when the learning happens. Exactly. You know? No, I completely agree. And this year you'll be running your own team. This year this I'll have my own team. Sasha, is this your first year as, as fantasy baseball? Uh, I've never done baseball, which is curious. I've done football and I've done basketball. Right, right. So so you've got Ross to uh, yeah. be your sort of – like I – yeah, like that's sort of the – that's the mentorship that, yeah. that happens. Um, but, yeah, I'm ready to get out there and, and – and try some things, but yeah, last year's league was weird. I, there was some things I gotta say, Ross didn't like about it. One was the um, just the slow draft that that was really like mm-hmm. that was just got us out of the gate so fucking slow, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was I, I gotta say a month if I'm not mistaken of just you know waiting and wondering. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I need something with a little more, you know, kind of. You can you hear that that noise? I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I can hear that loud and clear. I'm hitting my fist with my hand. Um, and you know, just let's get into it. Let's beat some people. You know, I agree. And that, I I think a live draft is always preferable to a slow draft if you can get everybody in one place at one time, which is harder and harder these days. I, I was not sure what you were talking about. So yes, that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's just like, it's, yeah. it's just like, yeah, oh, it's midnight and I, I, I'm up. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's so true. And we were like, okay, we have, you know, we're on the clock, but there actually isn't a clock that we, we, you know, we're, there's no time limit. And right. uh, yeah. so to answer your question though, Sasha, in some of these, NFBC slow drafts like the one I'm in right now it has a one hour time limit for picks but the clock stops from 1 a.m pacific no 1 a.m eastern to 8 a.m eastern or 6 7 you know 9 a.m eastern or something like this so I can't time out unless like I wake up super late um so it's not as bad as like one of these month long drafts. Like I'm in a draft, I'm in this 50, 50 round draft that started this morning and we're already through four rounds. So this is going to finish in like five days. Dave, before you joined, I was telling Sasha, I'm in a draft championship 
right now where you draft every player that you're going to need for, for the entire season during the draft. There's no ad drops or trades at all. So I'm trying to really learn the, the deep player pool and um, be familiar with like all the prospects for my upcoming drafts next week. So baseball. So does anyone have like kind of a draft strategy that they're thinking they're going to go? Are they going to go hitting first? Are you going to um, leave closers and set up people for the end? Are you going to draft for um, OBP? Are you going to just look for pure power in the slugging percentage? What are your, what are some proposed kind of draft strategies we could look at for this particular draft? Well, I'm, I'm planning to, and I know this is different than what we talked about, Ross, but I'm planning to zig when everybody else zags. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is like, you know, if everybody's going for, oh, these guys are, you know, you find a you find a nook, you find a cranny, you know, you go yep. with the with the yep. English muffin approach, you know, you get in there, <laughs> and and you say, okay, everyone's trying to be a slugger, a big power hitting, you know, win that way. Okay, let me let me nab three pitchers right out the gate, and then exactly, but you do run the risk of those three pitchers not doing anything. And then now you don't have even one all-star caliber offensive player. We tried this last year and we ended up with like Aaron Nola, Steven Strasburg, one of which completely crapped the bed and the other pitched in one game. So that advantage that we thought we were getting for ourselves had completely flown out the window. I mean, it's pitchers are weird, right? It's that you can get a lot of them, but you know, they only pitch at most three days, right? So in a week, you know, they usually still give you a rest. So they're effective, but the amount of points they can contribute is much lower than an everyday player. So that's what I'm struggling with is that you can get stable of really good pitchers, but to me, I mean, and that's what I was thinking. And I even mentioned it to you, just like, like, what if we get like a high draft number, right? You're just like, I don't know. There's some really great positional players like yeah who are going to play every day and are just amazing and you know that's the, and who are young which means they literally will be playing every day because the older ones usually take like one or two days off and those are worth it, right? So that's that's kind of what my initial thought was just like I think it does depend like where if you're you know if you're first between first and third I mean, there's very, very clear winners on as far as like hitting who you could take in, in that round and you probably should, right? I, I feel like I agree. Um, the, a pitcher is a big risk with your first round pick. Um, a lot of these guys, although the pitchers who tend to go in the first round tend to be pretty safe, right? Garrett Cole, Walker Buehler. Um, um, I, would, I wouldn't draft like a Jacob deGrom in my first round. Brandon Woodruff, I would consider taking, um, but even if, so this is a 12 teamer. So even if we're drafting 10th, 11th or 12th, I mean, typically the the rank of position players is going to go Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, Juan Soto, especially in OBP. Actually Juan Soto could go first in an OBP league. Uh Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, Bryce Harper, uh, then Kyle Tucker, you know, for the power speed combo, Louis, uh, Louis Robert, and then um, like someone like a Trevor Story or a Tim Anderson. Right. Um, and then, of course, uh, Albies, Trout, Betts, Acuna, Devers, Machado, Freeman. That's kind of like your, your first run of hitters. So you're not going to go wrong with any of those guys. Right. And the later pick you get the quicker you're going to pick in the second round then giving you a chance to double down on position players or to take kind of like a second tier, like a one B tier starter, if you're so inclined. Right. Um, but let me tell you something else, Dave, and this is going to be different than the league we played in last year. Um, okay. This league is very unique because the way that Zach has set it up, 
one catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, only three outfielders. Most leagues have four or five. Two util, no middle infielder, no corner infielder. So you're looking at four fewer position players per team than a normal fantasy roster. So, and then only five bench spots. So there's almost always a serviceable hitter on the waiver wire, whereas pitching, mm-hmm. because you have to start nine pitchers, pitching can be more sparse. So you don't want to just end up with scrubs, although sometimes scrubs can, can turn good and get you um, a bunch of holds. Last year, Dave and I had Tyler Matzek the whole season we didn't know who Tyler Matzek was to start the season, but he kept getting hold after hold. And then, of course, he becomes a nationwide star during the World Series and the playoffs. But um, so, you know, watch for those late round hold guys like uh, Andrew Chafin was a big star for us last year. We held on to Chafin. He was felt like he got a hold every day, um, you know, just pitching for the Cubs and A's. So, um yeah, that's my theory is m- maybe go pitching a little earlier in this particular league based on the roster construction. Good info. It's a good, it's a good approach. It's a good approach. Um, I mean, I'm going to shoot from the hip a little bit. That's, that's kind of my MO, you know, I'm going to come out there. I'm going to, I'm going to do some exciting things. I'm going to, I'm going to do some, you know, controversial things. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and then kind of clean up the mess afterwards, you know, that, that first initial make a big splash, you know, make a big, big right. splash and then sort of clean it up and see what happens. That's kind of be my approach. Um, Shock that sounds and, good. and this, there, this is a more forgiving, um, league. Like I was saying, it's, it's a 12 teamer. There's going to be replacement players available to you, on, especially on the hitting side and on, uh, on the pitching side too. So um, it's not going to be like, if you screw up in the draft, you're just toast. So right. don't, you, you can shoot from the hip. And I think that's part of the fun, right? It's like, eh, I wasn't planning to take this guy, but he fell to me and uh, I think he's going to have a good year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm that's fun with it. Cause that's what's kind of burned me like from participating in some of these other things from football and basketball. It's like, I know right. the stars, but once you get into beyond that, it's like, I fucking no idea who any of these people are. Right. And like, I still don't pay that much attention to really good players on, <laughs> on the Brewers <laughs> and in Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a change. Like I know who all the players are on the good teams, right? Because you hear about them and they're talked about all the time. But now you got to focus on the teams that are, are up and coming, right? And who, I mean, that's the thing. It's like there could be like a ton of players who are starting in May and June who are rookies and are just having freaking lights out a great, great start to their, their season and are, you know, going to be rookie of the year. But you, you don't know that, right? So I think you're right, Ross. You got to really pay attention to, to who, who's coming up and who's getting starts and who's, you know, becoming the starter like that that's yeah. something that will probably make or break your your at least not the season but at least like a, a, a two to three week period right absolutely hmm. right. well you know what i i do which is is uh good on the yahoo thing it's the uh, transaction trends thing um you know if you you click on the players tab on uh, you know if you're doing it on your phone and then you can see like who is a lot who's getting added a lot right now you know and who's available um and for me that's that's where i i you know that's my bread and butter right there if someone's you know in in five digit ads all of a sudden um somebody knows something i don't know anything but someone else does so let's just take advantage of that you know kind of like a stock market approach like everybody's buying in on so-and-so I'll buy in just because you know they. Why not? You know. So Dave, you're you're crowdsourcing your decision making. I'm crowdsourcing. Yeah, I am. I'm, I am, and uh, it's worked out sometimes. I'd say, yeah, yeah, maybe half the time. 
because half the time it's like a day behind so you know everyone did that and then it didn't work out and but the numbers are still there um so yeah that's that's that can that's been a nightmare at at times but that's a good place for me to you know just for basketball fantasy basketball that's where i i go there you know a lot to just check out what's happening i agree and i love using the past 14 days statistical sort um if i if i look at my thing and i'm like i'm keep losing week after week on holds saves and holds um well who the fuck's getting all the holds for these teams that are winning um and you know just look at trends sort by 30 days sort sort by 14 days sort by seven days and see okay this guy's didn't do shit in the 30 day but in the last 14 days he's been crushing it um and then you want to grab that guy right away and get on the trends before it hits the trends page um you know i mean our league i don't know how well they pay attention um you know like dave when you and i uh last last year when you and i were hemming and hawing over how how much longer to hold on to wander franco to see if he was going to get called out um wander franco's you know sat on the waiver wire you know for for months um so you know a, a little knowledge of prospect call-up possibilities goes a long way yes yes that's true that's very true <laughs> And it's really only the top stars that you even need to pay attention to. I mean, you know, the pitching prospects like an Alec Manoa, who everybody's been waiting on, um, you know, they're going to come up, but then uh, the second start, they, they could get shelled. Um, and same with the hitters. You know, you could waste a bunch of, um, you know, waste of time and energy getting Jared Kelenic, and then he comes up and hits, some, um, you know, 0.82 for the first month. So rookies can be dangerous in a, especially a head-to-head league where you need the person to come up and perform immediately. Right. But like a good example of, of this is that the, the names you just said, I don't know who that is. Um, neither of them, you know? So, <laughs> so I'm wondering if, you know, if I need to look into some alternate ways of finding things out because I don't know how to find that information right now okay um, i'll tell you guys one thing and i um this is a fellow podcast of ours this is one of my inspirations um for even wanting to start so baseball and participate in some of these um fantasy like these fantasy drafts it's a fantasy draft it's a fantasy podcast called the sleeper and the bust okay and it's put on by two guys justin mason and paul Spore who are two of the coolest, funniest guys, um, two of the sweetest guys um, in all of like sports journalism, fantasy journalism. Um, And uh, I belong to their Patreon. And sometimes I'll just uh, go hang out and like hang out in the live area of their Patreon and watch a game with these guys. And like they share ideas and, you know, and uh, talk like they're so generous with their time and information. Um, that I would say if you're going to even pick one fantasy baseball podcast, go to the sleeper in the bust, add it to your thread. I think it's only a couple of times a week. Um, and they do rankings. They do fate, you know, they do like, you know, who to, who to fade, who to draft. And, uh, and it was kind of a, a it's kind of a one-stop shop for fantasy podcasting. If you want to, um, and Spore kind of reminds me of someone that we would have grown up with Dave. He's kind of got, um he's kind of got like a a vibe of someone we would have been friends with in in carlsbad oh like mike norris (laughs) no no like a cool person (laughs) oh like carl anderson yeah (laughs) no like bobby g or something oh bobby g of course well yeah i mean if he's bobby g then fuck i'm signing up now i'll be on that i'm telling you these guys are these guys are cool okay so put that on your list that that might just be all you need is one, one thing. I would like one to be all I need. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, that would be great. So, um, all right. Well, that's good info. That's great info. Um, um, how about the dearth of um, third baseman this year? You guys want to talk about, um, you guys want to talk about the ranking of third baseman and how few there are? Yeah, I do. 
Okay, let's well, let talk me about read it. You. Speaking of our boys, Paul and Justin, I'm going to read you Paul and Justin's rankings of the top third baseman for this year. Let's start with Paul Spore. And here we go. Number one, Jose Ramirez, always all-timer, first-rounder, switch hitting, uh, steals bases, hits for power, and just so consistent, hits for average. The, the um, you know, the consummate five-tool player and also a really cool person, Jose Ramirez. Um, number two, Devers. Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> you love Devers. He doesn't steal as much as Ramirez, but he's, he, uh, he makes up for it by hitting for a huge high average, huge yeah. power, bats in the heart of the Boston lineup, gets a ton of RBIs and home runs. Um, surprisingly, number three, Austin Riley for the Braves, who had a breakout season last year. I don't think he stole too many bases, but, um, you know, they're projecting him for a, uh, a great year this year, uh, 34 home runs, projecting him for 154 games. So that's good health wise. OB OBP will be 339. He had a 367 OBP last year. Um, so that's why people are flipping out over Austin Riley, but he doesn't steal bases either. So. And then on the other side of the scale, someone that we had last year, Dave, um, Adalberto Mondesi, can't stay healthy to save his life. But when he does, he steals like about two or three bags a week. He can win you one category by himself. So that's a risky pick, Mondesi. If, um, if he can stay healthy, he'll, he'll help you, but he's a high risk. And then finishing out the top 10, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Chris Bryant, now in Colorado. Bregman back with Houston, Anthony Rendon healthy again for the Angels, and Cabrian Hayes, who is injured at the moment for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he's he's a worry. So that's your top ten third base. Anybody have someone obviously that they that they like? Yeah, I'm a Machado guy. I'm Machado all the way. Nice. I mean, let's take a look at his stats. And I'm going. Year. I I can't believe he's not in the top ten overall. You know, I mean, well, I he's could... defensively amazing. He's he's an Iron Man. He plays every day, even when hurt. He's got an OBP of 347 um, and, you know, 32 home run or 28 home runs last year. And he also chipped in with a, a few stolen bases, 12 stolen bases last year for Manny. I mean, Manny should be in the top five. Yeah. What are they? You know what? They just don't like his personality. Oh, he and... is in the top five. My bad. He is fifth. Oh, really? Yeah. Just barely cracking the top five. Just barely. Um, well, he's my number one. So I, I think him and Rendon, the, other, the rest of them, I'm not, I'm not sold on. Sasha, who's your standout pick at third base? Um, I mean, I actually like Moncada in White Sox because he used to be in the Red Sox. He's having a great year, a great player. Um, if you just look at for our league, like some of the categories that matter, like he's pretty high up there. So he's definitely on the bottom of that fifth place, but I like him on that team. I yeah. like that. That's a great pull. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, and they you can get him well, a lot later than you can get a Rendon or. Yeah, a exactly. Right. So, and they're on a team that that really is motivated to win it. Like they, they made the playoffs, but they didn't go very far, but they've got a good young core. They have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. So. There's right, writing there. Just the fact that he's on the White Sox could help a lot. If you look at the projected lineup for the White Sox, you got Tim Anderson, Louis, Louis Robert, Jose Abreu, Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, Grandal. I mean, if you look at the protection around him, exactly. he's going to be hitting fourth with men on base and yeah. Eloy behind him for protection. So, yeah. I mean, that is a prime spot for a player on a really, really good team. Yeah. And uh, okay, I love that pick. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't steal a ton of bases, but he's projected to steal five, which isn't nothing. Um, so, yeah. wow, I mean, it, it's interesting. You can actually kind of you can sort by by teams, and you know, like you said, it's like one, two, four of their position players are in the top ten in their position, according to this. Say so, that again. Four of the position players on the Chicago White Sox are in the top ten ranking, according to what I'm looking at. 
Yeah. Which for means, OBP power. So he's yeah. so he he is the one he is in that lineup, which is fantastic. I love that. And he's right this eleventh, right? And I think that he's just maybe going to have a breakout year. I love that. Um, you're right. He was traded from Boston in December of 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, nice. Well, that's a huge, that's a huge pick. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on Moncada this year. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of forgotten players on there. I just like, I think that was like, (laughs) they made the playoffs. They're a great team, but no one was really talking about the White Sox. It was always kind of just like, how about those White Sox? Right. Right. I mean, they're they're the American League Padres, right? Like, yeah. they're supposed to be really good. Yeah. And then what the fuck is happening? Yeah, exactly. Although the, the White Sox did win their division and the Padres didn't even make the playoffs, so. Well, the White Sox are also in a division that's terrible. So That's true. Yeah, that, you make that, a really good point. Right. Um, do you want to talk about... Um, do you want to, guys want to hit any other um, key positions while we're at it? Um, you're the boss, boss. Um, yeah. Well, catcher, I think, catcher we can save for another day. It's a one-catcher league, so you can sort of punt catcher if you want and just grab somebody who's looking good. Um, shortstop and second base is an interesting dynamic this year. We got a lot of player, multi-eligible players. Um, why don't we go to relief pitchers? Um, now, can I ask before you go into that? Yeah. What do you make of Shohei Otani? Because he's both the pitcher and he can be DH. They made a rule, especially for him. Like often that's a double whammy. You're getting a start and you're <laughs> getting your lineup, right? Well, I have some bad news for you, Sasha. What? In the Yahoo format, God damn it. Shohei Otani pitcher and Shohei Otani batter are two different players you have to draft one or both or the other you don't get to start him wherever you want dave you were saying you did a mock draft last night yeah i did a mock draft um and i took him as a as a hitter first i believe um and then i winded up or wound up getting him as a as a as a pitcher also so i had him which I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't think I should have to draft him twice, but I did. Um, but uh, I think he's, well, you probably took him first round year. as a hitter, right? No, Bryce Harper was my, was my, uh, um, um, oh, you're kidding. Was my first got, rounder. Yeah. You got Otani in the second round? I got him in the second round. Can you pardon me just for one quick sec? Just one quick yeah. sec. Dog walker. Um, okay. Well, while we have um, um, while we have this moment here, um, we should talk about um, movers and shakers in the bullpens, um, which I think is very interesting. Um, there's very few. There's um, there's very few like closers who absolutely have we know for sure that they have the role um and i mean even so if you want to talk about the top four closers in the league you've got josh Hader. no worries we're moving on to closers okay um in the top tier you got josh Hader on the brewers Hendricks on the white Sox, emmanuel classe on the cleveland guardians and rizel iglesias on the angels um, who's kind of a sleeper pick because he's a great closer and the Angels are going to be good this year. Um, so those four are your top four. Then Ryan Presley. People are saying Kenley Jansen's definitely going to be the closer in Atlanta. I think Will Smith could still get quite a few saves um, if if Jansen even starts to struggle a little bit. And then other other like surefire closers, Araldis Chapman on the Yankees, um, Melanson, for the D-backs, and um, what's your thought in on um, Blake Trianon? Is he definitely the Dodgers closer this year, or will somebody else get a look in? 
No idea. Not a, not a clue, brother. Right. Um, I mean, you've got bruised our Gratterall. I mean, that, that's hard. That's hard to do, right? Because it's still spring training. That's the thing too. It's like there's, there's a really small data set to work from. Yeah. Right. So they're not going to be making decisions on this based off of their springs. They can't. So he probably, he's probably, I mean, if they're, he, if he's rumored to be, he probably is going to be because there's, there's no time for anybody else to establish himself as the closer. Yeah. Now, if I were me or if I were you, or if I was any of us, I'd forget about these top closers for this particular league. Cause all we really want is holds. So I'd go to some of the teams where you don't know if the guy's going to be the closer or the setup man or the seventh inning guy. Take, for example, Seattle. Seattle's going to be great this year. And you probably don't know if you want Drew Steckenrider, Ken Giles, Paul Sewald, Diego Castillo. But in this format, it doesn't matter. You just get, get one and you're going to get something. Same with um, Kansas City. They're going to do a committee. So you've got um, Scott Barlow. You've got Josh Stallmont, who throws 101 miles an hour and has no idea where it's going. Amir Garrett. So I'm going to target these committee bullpens, knowing that I'm probably going to get a save chance or a hold chance as long as this guy doesn't blow up my whip. And I'm going to be looking, I'd be looking at their baseball savant page to see um, you know, how many walks these guys are giving out because uh, I don't want like some madcap reliever blowing up my ERA and whip just to get, a, you know, a little hold once in a while. So that's going to be my, my draft strategy on these saves and holds guys. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the waiver wire for a lot of my stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the obvious things and then just just troll troll that thing and just see you know when people start to emerge as you know who who uh, who's gonna be the day to day people. Yeah, that's, that's a good strategy. Plan. And I guess we 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 don't want to be accused of um, collusion, but man, if we wanted to, we could really collude. <laughs> well now Whoa. we can't we said it on a podcast damn it i don't have to release it though <laughs> no but if we wanted to like corner the market like if if we got if sasha and i got like two top third basemen and dave got two top third basemen knowing that it's the it's the thinnest position this year yeah um the other league mates will be like god damn it there's not even a i'm i'm starting like um you know patrick wisdom you know is so, he good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a he's a very uh, serviceable major league player. So you're saying we should stack third baseman is what you're saying. I'm I'm saying it, but I'm not saying it. This is basically that Hitchcock movie. This is a strangers <laughs> on a train kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It is. This is a strangers on a podcast. So well, worry, I'm willing my, to do that. My worry with with. Um, fantasy baseball is that I'm going to be forced to pick a player that I don't like or a player who's on a team that I don't like. Yeah, or, I have that too. I don't want to pick any Dodgers. Right. You'd like, be so I, amazed how fast you get over that. Adam Ottavino, I don't, I don't want that sack of shit on my team, but <laughs> he may be a good pick. <laughs> Damn, I just don't want that. That's that's my problem with fantasy with with any anything fantasy is like you follow teams and just like why am I following freaking Arizona Diamondbacks they are terrible <laughs> but you've you've got to like your team you have to like your team if you don't like the players then you, you know it's not it's not, you've got to like them you know at the end of the day I think you're right to do that fuck whoever you said fuck yeah Adamino yeah. yeah yes. Wait, where did Adovino went to the Mets, right? Yeah, the Mets. So you're at least the Red Sox are free of Adovino. Yeah, I mean the Mets, the Mets pitching, both their relief and starting pitching is just, it's kind of amazing. But they're the Mets. Like I, I think there's going to be like two or three key injuries, and they're just going to be the regular old Mets again. It's just I can't. I'm I just like see that's the thing, dude. Is like I am going to do instinct. <clears throat> at a certain level, you have to do that. You have yeah. to. You have to go you for your gut. 
Yeah. Because I remember when we were like picking, like you know, the it's like who was going to win the World Series. It wasn't last year, the year before. Everyone picked Minnesota. I was like, nope, they're not. They're they're going to get kicked out in the first round. There's just, people are just like, you're crazy. And it was purely on gut. And sure enough, they got kicked out in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're the freaking twins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck I mean, them. I play my gut when it comes to. Um... I play. I I use my gut when it comes to um, uh, injuries and health. Like I'll probably never draft Aaron Nola again. I'll probably never draft Steven yeah. Strasburg again. Um, I'll probably never draft Adalberto Mondesi again, just because yeah. I got burned so badly. Yeah, um, me too. That yeah. that's my that's the only thing I really use my gut for is like my kind of Path do not draft experiences, list experiences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's guys who get perennially injured are just a nightmare. Not yeah, just, yes. it'd be nice if we had an IL spot we could we could use to draft you know an injured guy and just keep him there. But I guess they don't have that. Yeah, I mean they have injured spots, but um, you know you have to move them there after the draft is over, and then right. play the waiver wire. But could you pick up an injured guy and send him straight to injured? Yes, but you wouldn't get another draft pick. You just have to. Right. Um, but like yes. after we're done with the draft, I can instantly go on there, draft an injured guy, put him in my IL spot, and then just keep him there. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you that's got four that's... injured spots. So, wow. That's yeah, a lot you of grab Tatis spots. in the 10th round. That's what you do. You, you can... grab Tatis right there, throw him in there. Exactly. All right. Good stuff. Well, well I actually have yeah. to jump off, fellas. I got uh, the world is calling me, even though okay. I put it on do not disturb. Um, no worries well this has been great fun i love you guys this is great you too thanks for joining uh, us absolutely i'll let you uh wrap it up without me sasha and i'll finish up okay Okay, sounds great okay see you guys later bye that's so baseball All right, you got the So Baseball, So UCLA Basketball season finale wrap-up edition. So how did the season go? Well, the Bruins lost in the Sweet 16 round against North Carolina. Um, It wasn't terrible. It was terrible, but it wasn't terrible, terrible. We lost in the Sweet 16, as I said. We played our game. We got good looks, good shots, played good defense for the most part. And I mean, you can't cover, you you can't stop somebody who is on as red hot as love was. So we did as well as can be expected. Hawkes played on his sprained ankle and he looked strong. So we had our full squad. We had great opportunities, great looks. We just missed too many shots, especially shots right underneath the basket, putbacks, layups, two-foot jumpers, um, just kind of choked a little bit, even though I I don't like to use the word choked. You know, the pressure is intense on these guys, and they're, you know, doing – they're doing far better than your average person would ever expect. But it just came up just a little bit too short. We had a lead with just a couple minutes left. Um, Love buries a three, you know, that there's that insane out of bounds save where the ball gets whipped back to the backcourt and then Love gets the ball, drains a three. And then the Bruins come down, they don't score. And then Love, another deadly three-pointer, puts them up for good. We have to foul. They make their shots. We miss. They make their foul shots. You know how these games end. Um, so it was a heartbreaker for us, and especially given the fact that we probably could have gotten past St. Peter two days later to make it back to the final four. Um, so, you know, the team, the team did everything they could. Um, I suppose outside of winning, <laughs> but um, I'm proud of the, I'm proud of the team. I'm disappointed. But, um, you know, this is where this is where it ends. So what are you going to do? It's been a great ride. And uh, 
it's been a great ride and you know we've had had a blast watching these guys so uh looking ahead to next season you got to think that um you got to think that Hakez and Juzang will be along to the NBA. It's bound to happen. You figure Tiger Campbell is back. He's only a sophomore this year. Jules Bernard, whether he goes to the NBA or not, seems unlikely, but he is a senior, so he should be gone. Um, Miles... Miles Johnson was a super senior. He was actually a first-year grad student with an extra year of eligibility. He has to leave. Um, Cody Riley is a senior, so he'll be gone. So that puts our team as Tiger, David Singleton, um, Jalen Clark, Peyton Watson, unless he gets drafted. So that would be great if Peyton Watson would come back for another season. And then finally, we have our two top recruits coming in next year, Amari Bailey, a, a number one guard recruit, and Adem Bona, our, our center forward, who are both McDonald's All-Americans. They're actually playing in today's All-American game, which starts this evening. So what does all this mean? We have great, uh, great backbone of our team for next season, even if we lose Johnny and Jaime and Cody, and Miles Johnson, and Jules Bernard. It is the end of an era, but we'll carry the tradition forward with a core of players. Jalen Clark is incredible, and we know what Peyton, Peyton Watson can do. We've seen flashes of brilliance from him. Hopefully he doesn't get snatched up by an NBA team. We get at least one more year with him. So that's what we can look forward to, hope, hope for, for next season. And... The Bruins should be really good again. Uh, it, it's going to, I mean, it'll be fun to see Jaime and Johnny Juzang in the NBA if they both get drafted. Uh, I guess there's a chance Hakez says, I want one more shot. Let me, let me come back for my final year. I don't want to go to the NBA. I feel like Juzang is going just because he needs to get, you know, he needs to get moving on his uh, his pro career, but maybe Hakez is another enough of one of these like college guys to just be like, I want more one more shot at the Final Four. He's so good in the college game. I feel like his game would not be the same on an NBA level. So maybe he sees the light and decides to stick around. Nobody's made an announcement yet, but I'm still holding out hope that one of those guys comes back. You never know. You just really never know. We didn't think Juzang would be back for this year. And then the the whole NIL the whole NIL thing happened where um players can license their name, image and likeness for endorsements or whatever. So it, it enables college players to make a little bit of money uh while they're still amateur athletes and it can, it can actually help these guys stay in college a little longer and um and know that the the pro money will be there when they get there but they they can start uh you know cashing in a little bit on their on their fame and notoriety before they make the pros so anyway Hawkes has got his whole big deal and and uh Johnny's got his American Eagle outfitters <laughs> whatever uh his endorsements he's got so it's great to see these guys getting paid and hopefully that, you know, that might inspire them to stick around at UCLA one more year. But it's a lot to ask because it's a rough college season. And in some ways, maybe they just want to get onto the NBA. So I've, I've wasted enough of your time. Thanks for listening to the So Baseball, So UCLA Basketball this year with me. And um, we're going to have new episodes coming up this week. We recorded one episode uh, yesterday or last week, and it's still in the editing process. But um, I've made some, made a few decisions, programming decisions for this for this podcast, which will be the following: um, we will continue to have our full panel, our five man panel, uh, with guests um, every other week, I believe, 
to check in on the baseball season or to uh, do predictions. Um, and then, of course, uh, in the playoffs and the World Series. So we're going to bring the full panel together um, every so often. But um, on a weekly basis, we are going to have um, Dave and Sasha coming in to talk about fantasy ba- um, bas- basketball. Fantasy baseball, we're all playing in a league together this year. So I figure the three of us will sit down and talk, go go in deep on fantasy baseball to where Kevin and Ab are not so much into that. So we will we will spare them the, that. So, um, And then Kevin is going to have his sort of deep dives, sort of in the lieu of what we did, what we did kind of a breakdown of the Dodgers pitching mishaps in last year's um, postseason. So we're going to have one-on-ones with Kevin um, to really do a deep dive on specific topics that he's going to bring. And then finally, we're going to have Ab and Kevin in to talk about um, sort of your, your, your legacy historical look on things or also side topics that, that Ab's going to bring to us whether that be um, NHL, golf, we got the Masters coming up. So we're going to break out into essentially four types of episodes. So stay tuned for those. We'll get a more um, clear picture of the schedule in the next week or two. And I will release that kind of hurrah, the lockout is over episode with all of us as soon as I can get some time to edit it down to a usable length. We had some, some interruptions, some, uh, some technical issues, but I will put that out someday. We, we talk about um, vacuum cleaners. We talk about, you know, it's one of these, one of those wonderful off season rambling episodes that you don't want to miss. So thank you all for your time and we will be in touch. Have a good week. Oh my God. It's so baseball.